You can always expect the joy from a dose of black joy and caffeine, but now you can grab your own caffeine by visiting mimoscoffee.co and grabbing your own coffee from one of our favorite black and women-owned coffee brands. Just visit M-I-M-O-S-C-O-F-F-E-E.co. Go to the store and simply use the promo code BLACKJOY when you check out to receive a discount off their four ounce sample pack. Well, now that you've got your dose of caffeine, let's get back to the joy on a dose of black joy and caffeine. then here we go here we go well welcome one and all to another episode of a dose of black joy and caffeine um i couldn't be any more excited because every single day we have been having a new episode and that's new for us but it's been exciting just to see overall um you know the love and support for so many other listeners so thank you so much and of course i want to thank our amazing guests they have ranged from individuals that have are, have a background in advertising to PR to creativity and so many things. And I got to tell you, the more that I, I knew I wanted to have this person on my show actually last season, just based off of everything that she founded, but whoosh, your bio is a journey. <laughs> it is. It is very long and very lengthy. Absolutely. Well, listen, for the people at home, introduce yourself. I would love for you to introduce yourself. Oh, yes. Well, first, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Um, hey, y'all, I'm Enel. I am a passionate storyteller, go-getter, your favorite hustler, a typical Aquarius. <laughs> I'm also a community manager at Widening Kennedy. Um, for those who don't know, Widening Kennedy is a global creative agency notable for creating some of your favorite work, whether it's to just do a slogan for Nike, the Sweetie Meal um, for McDonald's, and so much more. The list goes on and on. I'm also a founder for Nigeria.com, which is a space for Nigerian creatives and professionals in overall career field. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for coming on here. I mean, talk about somebody that is also very humble. I mean, at the age of 22, you were named on the 2022 Forbes 30 under 30 list. So I mean, with that being said, you wasted no time because it seems like you had a couple of more years ahead of you, you know, to, to get on that list. But talk a little bit about, I guess, that recognition and also what it meant for you. Yeah, yeah. Oof, that was a crazy time in the best way. It meant a lot to me, um, not just because it's like Forbes, but more so because of representation. If you look in previous years, um, not a lot of people look like me on the list. And when they do look like me, they're either rapper, athlete or musician. So to be in Forbes and to be on the list for something that's unrelated to music and sports and just really unrelated to tech as well, just you know, creating your own community, it's really um, pivotal. I get to show people that you can be in the same room as millionaires and shareholders and come from where I come from. You can look like this, have red hair and <laughs> do everything your heart desires. Um, so it meant a lot to me. So yeah. Love that. Well, listen, I want to touch more on your bio, like I said, because I mean, I like to give people their flowers. And so, you know, long story long, I 
encourage you all to buckle up. But our guest today, as she has mentioned, she has not only uh, curated so many different um, experiences um, from a brand side, but also runs um, her own actual calm business, which we're later on going to dive into today. Outside of that, it was so interesting to hear about your PR background of also being able to pitch stories, which I think is something that is truly phenomenal. And in addition to that, somebody that is a collaborator, work whether they're working with Sunday School, whether they're tapping into doing things at Afrotech, Blavity, so many other different brands, as well as publications. She is a dream chaser, as she mentioned, a hustler, an entrepreneur, and most importantly, I think that you are a creative genius, my friend. So I guess with that being said, what's your earliest memory of being like, okay, this is a thing, I'm going to bottle it up, and then this is how I'm going to you know, make it, uh, you know, my, my career. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I, how far do I take it? So I'm, I'll briefly go back a little bit. I think in regards to entrepreneurship, um, that started at like 13 or 14 years old. Um, my first job was a tutor. So I was tutoring, mm -hmm. um, you know, my neighbor's kids and everything in the neighborhood. Um, I, I wasn't working for like a brand or anything. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me. Oh, you're good. Out? Listen, this is a dose of <laughs> caffeine. Listen, we already said entrepreneur. That means she's working. She's busy. She probably got Michelle Obama hitting her up. So listen, we're here for it. I'm, I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to turn it off right now. I forgot that was even on. So I'm going to just start from the beginning. So yeah. So she's like, at... she's like don't worry. That was just Drake. <laughs> you know, whatever. You yeah. Know, just the usual. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I started my entrepreneurship journey at like 13 or 14 um, as a tutor. I didn't work for like a brand. It was just me. Um, and during during that time, I got to pick my rate, you know, what time I wanted to tutor, what time I wanted to do this. And I'm really glad I went that route. It taught me how to be a decision maker. So, you know, negotiation, right? When I want to do things, how I want to do things. And that was really instrumental for me because a lot of people at 13 or 14, they're not doing that you know they're not you know making money or like you know having their own brand or anything like that and so being a tutor taught me those critical skills at a young age and it contributes to who I am as a person today so as you can see like in my day-to-day -day, I'm you know confident assertive you know I'm making these decisions that not a lot of people my age are making and so that that experience being a tutor at 13 or 14 really contributed to my lifestyle today um as far as PR and marketing ooh, in college, I was one of those people who changed my majors quite a few times, um, <laughs> like four or five times, not because oh. I didn't know. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, it was quite a bit. Um, and at first I was just like, dang, that's a lot. But then I met somebody at that time who switched their majors nine times. Wow. Okay. Right. I'm like, okay. you make a <laughs> <laughs> I feel better about my situation. Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, um, changed my major a few times, not because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just didn't know it was called PR marketing at that time. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that, I'm like, oh, this is about to be cool. It's about to be fun because I get to explore, you know, communication, social design and do all these different things under this, under these like buckets and everything like that. Um, at a call outside of college, I was a PR intern for AMC Network. So I got my like taste of entertainment. Um, for those who don't know, AMC Networks is an entertainment company. So not the movie theater, but um, the entertainment company. They own The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, all that stuff. And one of my mentors opened that door for me. She was the VP of publicity. And I met her at this like event um, for like PR SSA. Mm -hmm. 
is like the Public Relations Society, Student Society of America. And so they collaborated with the Public Relations Society of America in Houston to create these events where you can meet industry professionals. And I was really lucky nice. to be on the call. Yeah, it was cool. And I, I got to meet her and everything. And I asked her questions and I realized she's from Houston. And I'm just like, wow, Black woman, um, NPR from Houston, where I'm from, like, I didn't know there's people who came from where I came from and looked like this in entertainment. And I know that sounds shocking, but like when you see a lot of industry executives during that time, you know, they were all like white and everything. So I never saw myself in TV and film until I met her and I'm like, okay, this is a reality. So that's when I got my um, experience being in, you know, TV and film, I got to pitch shows. So there's this show called Bloodlands, which is like the Irish version of Law and Order. It was really cool. I think it's still running today. It's on Acorn TV, which is a streaming service owned by MC Networks. So y'all can go check that out. <laughs> that was really cool. I got to do some work on like Gangs of London, which is like, it's like a a gang, gang, a fictional gang film, but it surrounds like the London experience. Usually when people talk about gang life, even in shows, it's typically from an American lens. This one was from like a London lens. So it was very different. It was very eye-catching and the visuals were amazing. And does some PR stuff on like Kevin can F himself, help to like, you know, compile clips and stuff. And so the list goes on and on with that. But yeah, that was, that's how I got to, you know, TV and film publicity. I love it. I love it. What do you do in your spare time? I mean, <laughs> seriously, are there any days that you're just like, you know what? I'm tired of being a high performer. I can't do yeah, this. Today. Absolutely. There are days where I'm just like, okay, I'm about to go watch a movie with my sister or like go to the mall with like, you know, my parents or go hang out with some friends. So, but I like to chill. I also have a dog. I'm a dog auntie for those who don't okay. know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so she, she takes up my time sometimes. So yeah. I love it. You know, I mean, not, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, one can assume, but I would love to get your thoughts on uh, the general narrative around Gen Z. You know, I think that you actually redefine so much of that because a lot of the narrative is that there's a certain type of self-entitlement or laziness. Trust me, they were saying the same thing about me, child. They say it about every generation. <laughs> they say it about everything. I'm like, okay, now it was millennials, but um, what do you feel in terms of employers and even with you having your own company is the best way to work with Gen Z in this environment? I love that you bring this up. Like, cause yeah, a lot of the narratives surrounding Gen Z from like older folks, especially employers is like, you know, they're naive, you yeah. know, they're a beginner, they're inexperienced, you know, you have to hold their hands. And it's just like, there are some people who are teenagers running seven figure businesses. Mm. There are people who are barely even hit puberty who are literally making six figures off of dance videos. Like that's yeah. not, <laughs> I, there's a lot of people who are older, whether they're boomers or, or late, late millennials who have never seen that type of money in their lives. Yeah. So to sit here and assume that, you know, young people, especially Gen Zers are not qualified for certain things or they're inexperienced is just really um, just lack of, lack of competence. And just really like, you know, you don't possess the knowledge to like, you don't possess the knowledge to make assumptions like that or make decisions on that. And just to, you know, say that this person's not qualified because they're this, this year's old or blah, blah, blah. It's crazy. But there are certain employers that notice, you know, how valuable Gen Zers are. I don't know. There's this like article, I forgot it was by Fast Company or whatever saying like Gen Zers are like the new CMOs or something like that. 
And I thought it was really cool because it shed light on some Gen Zers who are really making their mark in their careers. I don't know if you heard of Zaria who, you know, helped to like, you know, catapult the Duolingo social. To oh like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I've, yeah, heard, yeah. Heard, I've heard her speak. Um, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of hers because not only is she like, you know, young like me, but also she's a first gen like me as well. And it's just yeah. to see a young person killing it and what they're doing. Like shout out to her, more power to her. I love that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was beautifully said. I mean, I feel like just like with any generation, as I say over and over again, that's also the reason why I teach and I've been teaching now for the last eight years is it comes down to mentorship. What would you say is the best way to, to mentor Gen Z? Yes, honestly, just listen to them. Don't try to feel as though like they need so much help and all these things, listen to them. They could inspire you in more ways than you could ever imagine. There's things that y'all can learn from each other, not just like them learning from you. So really listen to what they have to say. Listen to what type of feedback they can give you and also their experiences. Cause you'd be surprised what they have under undergone and like what they've experienced throughout their lives that could really change your perspective on a lot of things yeah i i absolutely agree basically you just you just told some people to shut the hell up and you know <laughs> sometimes you got to so yeah. there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that at all trust me i know i go into my 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 to some brother to to uh, to others uncle to some grandpa speeches and it's like a dude come on, we didn't we didn't come for that but no but shout out to my students that are listening to this podcast because you know i i love y'all um, yes. You mentioned, um, you know, a little bit about Duolingo, and I think that the way that we are viewing social media today, it's constantly changing, um, especially um, something else that you said about like, you know, Gen Z being the next CMOs. I love the narrative actually, too, about community managers and people in social media being CMOs, which I got to tell you, you know, 10 years ago, that was not a conversation. It was more so like you had to either, you know, and even nowadays, I still think that executive creative directors struggle with that. It was more so account led that could be in that CMO role. Um, what do you feel today? How would you define great community management? Oh, yes. Oh, I love that because a lot of people, when they look at social, they don't typically look from a community management perspective. And also a lot of people don't understand what goes into community management. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like a good community manager is someone that listens to the community as well as figure out what your community likes or dislikes as well as communicating with them, you see so many like huge brands that don't communicate with their community. They just simply like post and go. And it's just like, you don't even know like what your community likes or dislikes or, you know, you're not even really like vibing with them. You just want yeah. to like, just want them to, you want them to like what you're doing and then that's it. But it's just like, it's, a, it's like a relationship. It goes both ways. Like talk with each other, listen to each other, really just have that personal, personable experience. So I feel like a good community manager is one that interacts with the community. I love that. Well said. Um, are there any other brands or examples that come to mind that you're just like, wow, they're really doing it well? Oh, hmm. that's an interesting question. I don't know if you were following Radio Shack during the pandemic, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were doing too much they were going crazy that, that's, that's a little bit too much they were okay. like, <laughs> they took community management to a different level nobody asked for that <laughs> nobody <laughs> asked for it you know it's crazy though like I really like I've been like really watching like you know the um like candy brands like the way oh, they interact okay. which is so random but like I've always wondered I'm like you know you sell like Snickers bars and like Kit Kats and everything but like 
how does that go on a day-to-day? Like, how are you interacting with your community over the same type of product, you know? Because it's just, it's candy. Are you speaking from like the, you know, the perspective of a candy bar or are you just interacting normally? So just going through a bunch of like, you know, candy brands like Skittles and everything, just seeing how they interact. Because I just thought that was so interesting, like communicating from, you know, uh, <laughs> from a food brand. So yeah. that's always intrigued me. Absolutely. So I would love to take a just a walk back down memory lane. I mean, we talk about the accolades. We talk about where you're at today, you know, being on 2022 Houston Business Journal for Outstanding Diversity Champion and also some of the <laughs> internal awards that you've also received, you know, at Wyden Kennedy. Um, where are you from? <laughs> I'm from another planet. I'm just playing. I'm playing. I love how you did your research. I do. I love this. Um, so for me, I'm a Houston native, born and raised. I'm yeah. also a first generation Nigerian American. So I'm Nigerian and I'm Houstonian. Sometimes I call it Nigerian Houstonian. So yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll definitely take that. Well, listen, talking about doing my research, you have now reached the point of the podcast where we have a little game. So I'm going to mention two big things known in Houston, and then you actually have to go with one. Okay. So here's the first one. We have Lizzo or Meg the Stallion. Oh, that's, wow. We gonna kick it off like that? That's, that's how we do it on a dose of black joy and caffeine. I tell you, the energy <laughs> is up, but also that means that I'm very extra. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, this is so difficult. Hmm. I'm gonna say, oh, gosh. dang, I'm gonna say Megan. I love you, Lizzo. I'm gonna say Megan, you know, cause it's just like, she's, she's been around some of the same areas I've been around in Houston, like living wise, but also it's just like, her style, her her being assertive is just more of my style. I love Lizzo though. Okay. I love, she went to my university, Uni- University of Houston. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Megan. Okay. <laughs> listen, listen, we'll, we'll take it, we'll take it. All right, here we go. Now, trust me, I used to live in Dallas, Texas. So, you know, may, let me- Yeah. Okay, I did not know that. I lived in Dallas, Texas for four years. That's actually where I got my first job as an art director at Tracy Locke. And then from Tracy Locke, I worked at the marketing arm and I um, did a quick freelance job at um, the Richards Group. If you know anything about the Richards Group, you probably know why it was quick. And then um, I uh, then moved to California. So yeah. <laughs> I know why I was quick. There's somebody who used to work at Wyden who worked at the Richards Group. So I, I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do that. Okay. The next one, cowboy boots, cowgirl boots or cowgirl hat. Mm. Or maybe you have neither. <laughs> I mean, I would do neither. But if I had to choose one, I would say cowgirl boots. I would rather wear cowgirl boots than the hat. Okay. Okay. We'll In take real that. life, neither. <laughs> All right. We'll take that. Um, are you familiar with Frenchies? Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. So Frenchies or The Breakfast Club? Ooh. That's a deep cut, huh? <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> We taking it there? That's crazy. I'm gonna say Frenchies. I like Frenchies. It's more of my style. Yeah. Okay. I used to eat at Frenchies a lot when I was in um Third War. So yeah, Frenchies. I love that. I love that. So where are you based now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't I don't know if I can share oh, that. Okay, we're not, yeah, okay. That, that's <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, <laughs> I, I I've had so many spoilers and stuff come from the show. So yeah, let's hold on that. You know where you're at, where you are, you are where you need to be, okay? What I'll you tell gonna... you, I'll tell you off off the podcast. Yeah, I don't yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No worries. No worries. Listen, we don't want anyone looking you up. It's the same thing. Even when I have guests on here and then they start putting out like their, I, I've had LinkedIn and emails and then the listeners start and I'm like, I said, now I have to give a disclaimer. I said, please don't expect any <laughs> response back from any of the guests. You all are taking your precious general time to do that. Um, but I would love a, I would love for you to talk a little bit about growing up. I mean, obviously, you know, my parents both being, well, my dad being mainly from Ghana and then my mom, you know, she's from Queens, New York, but that's the closest thing to Ghana, depending on the day and time. And with that being said, though, I feel like so much of my foundation of who I am today, hardworking, all these other things, you know, my dad, you know, you guys get education, you know, you want Jordan, you need book bag, pen, paper. <laughs> you know, all that stuff is a makeup of me. What was it like growing up? Did your, you know, did you have a foundation to where, whether it's your siblings, aunt, family, did they foster you as a creative individual? Oh, so like some of the same disciplines you listed, um, same in my household. I come from a very traditional Nigerian household. I'm the only first generation in my, you know, coming from my family. They're all, they all immigrated here. Oh. And so like, when, they never they never knew what PR was marketing none of that yeah. they're all in traditional roles which I love for them like they are happy with that like my mom's RN my dad is a business owner and they grew everything from scratch in America so it was their first time really experiencing you know doing things from scratch um, even in like Nigeria they come from an area that you know they don't have a lot of money um, a very low income area so they had to learn a lot of these things from me, like even Forbes, they never knew what Forbes was. Yeah. So I'm the first one in my family who made that list. And I had to explain them what that means and what type of opportunities come from that. And once they like realized that and also talking with other people, they're like, oh, Forbes is a big deal. Like, wow. And I'm like, yeah. And they keep me very humbled because it's just like having to explain Forbes. I'm like, all right, yeah. This is clearly not a big deal. <laughs> like, what's Forbes, right? Back to my regular day to day. Um, but I love that as well. So when I wanted to do PR and communications, they never knew what that was, but they always had faith in me. Cause again, I started working at 13 and 14. Uh -huh. So they always had faith in their daughter. They knew, by the way, but I was pushing carts. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, yes, yes. And so they always knew that I was a hustler. They always knew I was hardworking. So although they didn't understand every route I took, they knew uh -huh. I was always going to do something that my heart desires and I would always figure it out. Even if they didn't know, they knew I was going to figure it out. And uh -huh. there's a lot of things I had to go through in life where um, it was my first time going through that and they had to go through that with me. Some yeah. other families that have been in America for long periods, they already knew certain things to teach their kids. Like, okay, this is how you do that. This is how you do this. But there's a lot of things in America where I had to learn myself because they didn't know. But um but there's like there's so many pros out of that because just like it teaches you to take initiative yeah and so although they didn't know all these different routes i was taking they always had faith and eventually they would you know ask me to explain it to them like what's pr what's marketing okay what's this what's that okay cool and they just go with the flow so they've always just supported even if they didn't know what it, what it was but um when i was younger they did you know they did try to teach me about you know medicine yeah. law pharmacy you know they're like okay yeah do this you know just try that out and I'm just like nah <laughs> that's not that's not for me <laughs> yeah but but I, I love that story because I think it did allow you to you know 
kind of had this robust bio, this robust journey. And at the end of the day, it feels, you know your family better than me, that it was really a foundation that was built on trust, love, and also faith, you know? I think that that could also be a part of it. Um, if you were gonna rebuild your foundation today, and I gave you three building blocks, and on each building block, you had to select one word, what word would you put on each one of those blocks to build your new foundation today? Oh, dang. Hmm. I feel like my foundation is like, it makes me who I am. So even if I was to rebuild, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. So mm -hmm. I, I would stick with the same, same things I would, I would, that I possess today. I would say integrity. Okay. Um, I would say spontaneity. I'm very spontaneous. And I would say perseverant. Um, throughout life, there's been a lot of obstacles that I faced that I had to really figure out, okay, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I'm not going to be in the situation forever. So how do I get out of the situation quickly? Mm -hmm. So I would say those three, three words. I love that. Definitely. You know, I talked a little bit about you being a high performer um, earlier, and I just kind of wanted to know, how do you continue to, you know, investing yourself, you know, whether it's mentorship, like how do you continue to build on your craft or different things that you want to learn? You know what's crazy? I I'm consistently inspired by the people around me and also people in the community. Um, I'm very community centered. I love to know like what other people are doing. Whether you have your own brand, you have your own, or you're working at you know this company in this industry. I love creatives in general. So that's always fueling me and it inspires me. So whenever I'm having a bad day, I'm just like, okay, let me go watch this person that I love, you know, I love watching their content or let me just go see how they did what they're doing. And like, it'll always like jumpstart whatever I'm going through um, and just have me like, you know, just really like kickstarting and just starting from fresh and just like, you know, really starting my day brand new and all that. So that's how I fuel myself. That's how I educate myself by observing other creatives and supporting other creatives as well. And some of those creatives happen to be people I work with, which is really, which is another thing that I highly encourage everyone to like really pursue. Surround yourself with people who are incredible. And mm -hmm. what I mean incredible, not just like high performing, but people you're inspired by, people you can learn things from. Um, in NC, on my team and um, my team at Widening Kennedy, I am surrounded by so many people that inspire me. So many people I learn from. Some of them are crazy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are insane. I'm just like. Those are my, see, I'm a different type of person because those are my people. Those are the ones that I look for. <laughs> no, just, even when I'm not looking, I'm still with them. I'm like, how did I end up with y'all? Like, and it's like, but I love them to death. It's just like, there's, there's been moments I had to question my sanity. I'm like, are y'all crazy or am I crazier for hanging with y'all? I, I don't know, but I love them so much. So definitely the creatives around me. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, so listen, we talked a little bit about, I think your bio, also where you're from. A big part of a dose of black joint caffeine is actually music. What are you listening to these days? Oh, you know, what's, okay. So recently I've been listening to um, J.I.D. more. He is signed um, by, he's with Dreamville and everything. Okay. He's a rapper. And I just love his lyricism. He's able to tell a story in a way that's so gravita gravitating. Mm -hmm. And so I've been really impressed by that. And also I just found out he could sing too. And I'm just like, well, I didn't know you could sing. So now that's, that's just a <laughs> level. Like that's, that's, that's taking things to another level. I didn't know you were that talented. And so I've been listening to him more recently. I listened to his song, Cody Blue. 
And okay. if you haven't, I don't know if you watch M- NPR, but like he did an NPR episode, like a Tiny Desk. Oh yeah, and- I love Tiny Desk. Yes, he did that. My favorite of- one to date is still Tyler the Creator. Ooh, okay, okay. Gotta watch that. that one. And 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 Monica, you know. Oh, that one of course, too. of course, powerful, powerful. Him, him, and um Toby Wigwe, who's also yeah, from Houston. Facts, facts. Yes, born and right. <laughs> and. I, I love him and his family and what they stand for and how unique they are. Again, another storyteller. And he's just so unique. And I love I love his lyricism as well. So those two guys, definitely, I've been listening to them lately more and more. I love that. Um, you know, I think, oh, what am I listening to? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, geez. What? I, I mean, my well, it, it depends. Definitely at night. I listen. To, I'm deep in some classical cuts. Like I've been getting really, really deep into like classical music lately. Um, but I think if we're coming off of the last year, um, Kendrick is still in heavy rotation. You know, that's a really <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Kendrick is still in heavy rotation. Um renaissance i mean like you know that's just a yeah Yeah. solid yeah solid album but um those are from last year those are my two by the way i do hope that one of them do get album of the year but right now it's SZA. i think that that album is is literally like no skips the album artwork is super smart i think that she's super smart i hope that more artists take that amount of time um, I'm actually a huge Ari Lennox fan too, but um, I wish that she would have took more time on that album. You know, um, <laughs> come on, Ari, come on, Ari. <laughs> Who am I? But listen, I am not a and R. I'm not a producer. This is just me being deep into music. But I think with that SZA album, it's just like I'm just like wow. When and, and, and it it actually taught me a lot about being a creative. You know, because I think that being high functioning, even for like myself. I used to move so fast and I think I don't I don't take any of that away like I even tell people in your 20s because especially once you get to 28 things naturally gonna start moving just a little slower whether you wanted to or not the knees gonna be a lot different (laughs) but like I'm like in your 20s I'm like you move like that's the way so I think that but I'm I'm excited now being at this stage of my life that I'm able to move slower because I am able to take more time with it but I say all that to say like that SZA album it sounds like time like she took the time oh definitely especially on Conceited she's yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) she she took her time oh wait is that I, I think I I think I call I think I like that song but I call it something else I have a tendency to do that it's, I believe it's conceited. Yeah, it's 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 probably conceited. Is that is that do it to you? Is that who say again? Is that do it to you? Do it, it, does. it really does because I'm just like not because I'm not conceited, but it's just like I like that. Like it's so like she's very like assertive, very like outspoken. Like this is this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. Oh, and I, yeah. I, mess that. I mess with that completely. Like I <laughs> I feel that for sure. Okay, yeah. And I also like the album too because I mean I think she also had uh Jay Versace uh like produce some of the songs and anybody that's in the social world, we know him formally as just creating memes and gifts, but I love the transition that it's like now he's a producer. Like that's dope. Yeah. Is it an award-winning producer at that? Yeah. Like it's impressive. It's really impressive. It shows that like, you know, the sky is the limit and you don't have to even like you don't have to be in the box that people place you in or like go with the narratives people place on you. You can do this one day and do something else completely the next day. So I feel that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I am I'm I'm definitely a fan of every speaking of things that people are doing, I'm a fan of everything that you're doing. Um, how have you managed to keep like goal set and keep track of your goals and the different things that you're doing? I mean, like what how do you go how do you go about yeah, I guess like checking the box with some of the things that you want to do, whether that's like, do you have reminders? Do you have accountability partners? I would love to know more about like how you think about something than do it, because I feel like that is a, a, a roadblock for so many people, particularly a lot of people that are just entering the industry or even like mid-level that, you know, want to do things. But, you know, from your bio, you get shit done. And so I'm just trying to figure out like, what is your process? Yeah, yeah, I love this question. First of all, I'm a fan of everything you do. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> I am, I love writing. I don't know if it's the PR in me or just the writer in me, but um, I love writing. So I write down everything, whether it's a to-do list, my goals, um, words of affirmation. I'm big on words of affirmation, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's like one of my love languages, to be honest. But yeah, writing stuff down, I'm really big on manifestation. Also, mm -hmm. like the type of intuition that I have, like it eats me up inside. So like, if there's something I want to do, like the type of intuition I have, it's like you you have no choice but to do it. And it's yeah. going like, to pop up in your mind every day. If you don't do it, that's how NC came about, to be honest. Um, it's just like it will just rapidly, you know, keep appearing. And then along with that, I'm very like, again, I'm a first gen. And yeah. so I'm really big on like really redefining narratives and also like changing things generationally. So when you want to change things generationally, it's it starts with you. So yeah. you have to, yeah, you have to take the initiative. You are your ancestors' wildest dreams. My ancestors were not doing the things I was doing. Um, it's because a lot of them didn't have the same resources that I have, the same opportunities that I have. So, but they had so much hustle though, and they created so many things from scratch. Yeah. So when you are placed in an environment with so many hustlers around you, so many people who had no choice but to go get it by any means and and you have the resources oh yeah i'm about to take off i'm about yeah. to be yeah. <laughs> out the game is over so just family and my you know my ancestors really inspired me to keep on going and really just do things that i've never done but things that they've never done is well i'm going i'm going after everything everything my heart desires everything regardless of who's upset regardless of who's trying to get in my way there's no stopping though yeah and also, too, I love like I think earlier you brought up, you know, your intuition, really like trusting your heart, trusting what you're doing, because I'm telling you, looking back, I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I got it done. And, you know, and it, it, it led me there. It led me down that path. There was something in me, though, that said, you know, this has to get done. Um, how do you find your delegate, excuse me, your delegation skills to be? I'm only asking because you, it seems like you know how to get things done and also execute, but do you, have you found, like, how have you managed that? Um, I, I, I still have trouble, honestly. I don't like nobody to do anything, especially when it's mine. I'm like, I'll do it. I'll get it done. I know how I want it. But how have you managed that being that you're, kind of building this growing empire what it feels like uh you know how have you managed delegation I love that I love that and I'm, I'm big on that I think it's the probably the Aquarius in me I am I can be very independent minded I'm the type of person like I'll create a direct produce direct blah blah, blah <laughs> get it done. nobody's doing it whatever we gonna get this done like I'm not about to fail it's not about to like, wait is she over there writing now she copywriting all day <laughs> <laughs> oh she was choosing advertising I thought she was wait <laughs> Wait, yeah. she just entertainment? Yeah. <laughs> so 
for me, I had to like, I still struggle with this sometimes as well, but I, I try to give myself grace. You can't accomplish everything in a day. Sometimes it takes time yeah. and that's completely fine. It might take years. It might take months, but as long as you get there, you get there. Also, what I'm recently learning is like allowing, trusting other people more. Like, yeah, some people might not be able to do things like you to the best of their abilities like you, but still, if you have a team around you, trust that something's going to get done. Let them ex go through that experience, you know? So you have to like, kind of like force yourself in a way to let go of certain things, but also to give yourself grace at the same time. Yeah. What have you had to recently let go of? Well, so for me, I'm very like multifaceted. I like doing a lot of things simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So there were some like freelancing gigs that I had to pause because I'm just like, okay, I can't. This is a lot. Like I got to I had to sleep at some point. So I had to let go of some like freelancing gigs and like put that on um, pause. Um, but that's not, I'm not like beating myself up about it. Cause again, it's always going to be there and I can always come back. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And also too, I think, you know, it's, it's really just that you're breathing a little lighter. You know what I mean? Cause everybody knows, um, well, not everybody knows, but it's just like my, my heart, my desire and my passion for like what I do is like, I will let go of a job really <laughs> really really quick seriously because it's just like it's not it's it's just nothing in the world that is really like you know worth it so I think that that's beautiful that you're able to look at projects and just say you know what I'm okay you know I'm gonna be fine and that's what really matters so that's a beautiful thing you know we call this show a dose of black joy and caffeine because obviously people come for their cup of joy so they already had that and then I like to call myself the caffeine well just because I'm always on 10 and a little extra <laughs> But if you had to give our guests a dose of anything, and when I say our guests, that mainly is Black creative professionals, marketing, advertising industry, what would you like to give them a dose of? Oh, I want to give them a dose of confidence. Hmm. You are your biggest advocate, your biggest cheerleader. Yeah, you might have friends, mentors, family members, but there's no human being on this earth that can advocate for you the way you can advocate for yourself 24-7, right? There's some people in your life that will not be in every single room that you're in. And also you have to believe in yourself, right? No one else can believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. If, and if you want anything to get done, you have to put your all into it and really be 10 toes down and whatever your heart desires. So I would give everybody a dose of confidence. And, you know, it's not something you wake up with. It takes time. It took me so much time to be as confident as I am today. But now that I'm here, no one's going to take no confidence away from me. So I encourage everybody to explore that, explore their confidence and really, you know, redefine themselves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And trust me, you you all need that. I love um, Shirley Ralph's recent quote that's been going viral about, you know, when you look in the mirror, you better love what you see, you know, because that's you better love what you, you see. better love what you see, love what you see. And I'm like, OK, so let me tell you something. The next time I go to the mirror, crust in eyes, hairline, hairline falling out. Uh, one contact uh, on there, you know, knowing that if I if I say the wrong waha or who, my breath ain't right. I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna love it all. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You better do all of that. You better put put on your best Easter Ray. Yeah. All the motivations, all of that. All of that for sure. But yeah, I mean, and it it feels like I'm I'm glad that you found your confidence because if you never did, we would have never had the first ever online community to connect and empower. Nigerian creatives, as well as professionals. Congratulations. Tell us a little bit about that brainchild. Where did it start? 
And what made you just say, you know what, go? Because you know what? Funny enough, before I met you, I was actually following you all on Instagram. Really? Yep. Uh, and I, and, I, and I, I had never connected the dots. And then I was just like, damn, she is everywhere. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, that warms my heart. Um, Yeah, NC, oof, that, that started my first semester of my senior year of college. So I started that because in Houston, we have a huge Nigerian population. Yep. I think it's like top five in the US, I believe, next to like New York and, you know, Maryland and all that stuff. Yeah. But um, although I had that, yeah, we everywhere. It is, no, Nigeria, yeah, I mean, yeah, in, in Houston though, it is, yeah, it is. I, I didn't even know until like I was in Dallas and I was like, oh, okay, this is where we at. Yeah, they be, they be there. <laughs> <laughs> They be there, you know, all the time. Um, but yeah, I had that cultural representation around me, but like the Nigerians that were around me were in like STEM fields. So I was one of those people who pursued non-STEM related things and creative arts, but I didn't know that many Nigerians were in like communications, graphic design, culinary, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, long story short, it got to a point where I was just like, you know, there has to be like a space out there online because I'm not seeing it in my inner circle. Not mm -hmm. even with people I go to school with. There's like only four people in my PR class that were Nigerian. And I'm like, this can't be it, right? So I went on Instagram and I was looking for a page that was dedicated to Nigerian men and, and women in PR. Didn't find that. I'm like, okay, let me go. Let me be a little broad, like communications or something. I didn't find it either at the time. And but when you look up like Nigerians in medicine, pages pull up, of course. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, I'm looking for this thing. It's not here, right? So I, I don't know what I'm about to do, but oh well, right? And then days went by and my intuition kept like, you know, bothering me in a way. Like I said, my intuition eats me up, which sounds very toxic, but like it's, there's pros and cons. Yeah. But, you know, there's just something in the back of my head telling me like, hey, you got to create it. Because if you don't, who else will? And who knows how long it will take to get to... Um, a space where this exists, right? And so that once that sunk into me, I was like, okay, we have to create this. Yeah. <laughs> and no, like as if that was easy, no big deal, right? Um, <laughs> and I didn't have no blueprint or anything like that. I was just going based off of like, okay, I know like these four people, and like you know, I know what a community looks like, right? Mm -hmm. And so let me just build from scratch and see where it goes and for a minute like I'm I'm a little introverted so I was just like let me build this and not like tell anybody that I'm building it I'm gonna just build it and so it grew and grew I wanted it it was like a passion project for me and then we collaborated with HBO we collaborated with WhatsApp made Forbes and then it just grew and grew and grew people were telling their friends about it I remember this dad told his daughter like he showed um this Afrotech article to her about NC and everything and she DM'd the page and was just like yo, like my dad told me about this. Like, let me know if you need anything. This is so cool. Oh, like, wow. I was just like, wow, that's so, that's so sweet. And um, so once me and my team realized what type of impact we were making, we we're like, oh yeah, sky's the limit. It's over and we need to take this seriously. It's more than just a passion project. Yeah. So we gotta build this thing for real. So yeah, well, I mean, congratulations on the success to date. Like I said, I, I've been following it. And so I'm really excited to see what's to come. But, you know, speaking of what's to come, any spoiler alerts of things that you're up to now or things that people can maybe look out for? And even if not, how can people just stay in contact with you? Oh, 
honestly, we got some cool collaborations coming up. So I'm going to just tell, tell everybody, stay tuned. Okay, this we'll take that, yeah. <laughs> stay tuned. You can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn at Nijakum, which is N-A-I-J-A space C-O-M-M. Um, and yeah, just support, tell your friends about it, like all that. Like we always going to be here, but yeah. And also, oh, I got to, I got to plug my people. Check out Wyden Kennedy huh. at W-I-E-D-E-N Kennedy. There's only one way to spell Kennedy in my opinion. And we're on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. So check it out. I love that. You know, such a promising career ahead, just everything that you've done so early in your career, and I'm sure everything to come. What's the best way that C-suite executives can show up for someone like you? Oh, make space. Always make space. Even even if you, you're not used to like seeing a lot of young people in C-suite positions, um, but that's changing. The tide is changing. So make space. Also listen to young people, right? Like, I feel like when it comes to young people, a lot of older folks are just like, mm, they don't know what's going on. Like, why why are we taking advice from them? No, take advice from them, right? Your brand, your company, you know, the reason why they're so, you know, they're viral or they're trending is because young people dictate what's popular in culture, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to have young people in the room. You need their perspective. I feel like when people talk about diversity, they typically focus on race and gender. Say that, say it. Oh, here we go. Say it. <laughs> they honestly That's they only focus, yeah they only focus on race and gender but it's just like diversity ageism yeah yes diversity in age diversity in experience diversity of thoughts overlooks and it's like it's such a it's it's so important you could have a room full of people that might look different but they all think the same and they assimilate to this the status quo right you need to diverse it up so have young people in those spaces, bring them to the room and just watch how far y'all go once you bring them to the room. Oh, I love that. I love that you said that. Listen, for all my listeners at home, we thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I want to ask you a bit of a loaded question, but you could also let me know. <laughs> how can Black men be better allies? Oh, just show up and take initiative. Oh, I'm gonna give an example. Um, so there's this some this person in my life that I have so much love for. He's my partner in crime. He's one of my favorite creatives. And usually, again, I'm independent minded. The way that I move, I like to do things by myself. I don't really ask for help that much. But there's one point where I just could not like find the thing I was looking for, even though I was like researching everything. And he was like, oh, that's all you need? I got you. Let me, let me handle that. And it was just like, that was like one of the greatest things you could give me. And it's not even like a materialistic thing. You were just there for me and you helped me when I needed something, you know, and just taking initiative, just asking, asking like, do you need anything? How can I help you? Just supporting, advocating for me. That's how you can show up. Facts. Absolutely. I appreciate you joining, like I said, a dose of black joy and caffeine. I am excited. I hope that while I'm sure you're going to be busy this year, that you also get to have time to rest, you know, like enjoy, enjoy your flowers. Like don't, you know, I, I mean, if I, 
I may be going into grandpa mode, but I don't care. If I take a look back, I don't think that I I don't think that I enjoyed those flowers enough when it happened. You know what I mean? But I'm glad that, you know, like you said, you spoil yourself if you had to have parties, you know, for those moments or just like sit on them because these are some huge accomplishments. So congratulations. Thank you. Absolutely. And to all my listeners at home, thank you again for tuning into another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. Be sure to continue to listen to the rest of the series as we are not that far from the season finale episode. As always, drink a ton of water, be safe, and remember that you deserve a dose of black joy and caffeine. Until next time, I am Adu. Take care. <laughs>